Let's move beyond your comfort zone and into your genius zone because it's time to tap into the higher wisdom within you, your higher genius. I'm your host, Christy Turley, author of the book, The Intuition-Led Business, serial entrepreneur and intuitive intelligence expert. Imagine the possibilities when you can make better decisions and create practical and sustainable solutions using the power of your intuition, your higher genius. This is the Higher Genius Podcast. Today, I have a special guest. Before I introduce her, I want to tee up this conversation that we're going to have because it's an important one and there is some context as well. So one of the things that I love doing whenever I work with anyone in my marketing and branding agency is understand who people truly are at the soul level. And you might think, well, easy enough. Well, it's not. According to a lot of psychological studies, people tend to act in accordance to who they think they are. And who they think they are is informed by other people's perceptions of them. And this can start from when you're really young, you know, from your parents to your teachers and your young friends, all the way to now you're in business. Now you have you know, uh, a whole career behind you and in front of you, you've had clients and teams and customers and colleagues who have all formed an opinion of you. And that reflects back onto you. That becomes part of who you think you are. It It starts to feed your identity. Well, only one problem with that. A lot of times people Uh, don't realize that that's not who they truly are at soul level. And that's what I love to discover because when you understand that, your marketing, your branding is so much more authentic. And that's exactly what Christine brings to the sales conversation. If you've ever wondered how to sell in a more authentic way or how to create soulful connections with other people, then you'll want to listen to this episode. Christine Volden is so talented. I feel like she's my soul sister. She and I um, really hit it off like instantly. And uh, she practices what she preaches. Okay. And so, yeah, if you want to know what um, creating a soulful connection really is, what authenticity really is, you know, and what the mindset of a successful salesperson is, and even her, a little bit about her quiet selling method, which I love that name, then listen up. So I'm going to introduce our guest. Christine Volden is a sales and marketing consultant and owner of soulfulselling.com. She has over 15 years of experience in selling and managing sales teams and has created online sales training courses viewed by over a half million people. Christine helps small business owners and entrepreneurs build confidence in sales and build powerful sales team with the quiet selling method. Okay, here we go. Let's go ahead and dive in. All right. Welcome Christine to the show. Thanks. So glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. So uh, we've had a couple of conversations offline and we are in for a treat today. So I can't wait to to discover what we're actually going to talk about and what comes up because uh, I feel like you're a soul sister, like a long lost soul sister. So I know, gonna... I know I could talk to you for hours. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So uh, you actually teach people how to create a soulful connection. Yes. And so walk us through what that looks like, because when you're 
I mean, your whole thing is soulful selling and mm-hmm. how to sell in an intuitive and connected way. And so I would think that the first step is really to create that genuine connection. So how, you know, how do you teach this? It is. Yeah. And so many people, I just um, wrote a post on this uh, today. So many people who are selling get caught up in like the stuff, right? I call it the stuff, like the pricing or the offer, or is this person going to buy? And if I sell them, are they going to, is that going to increase my revenue? And I'm like, the important part is the connection. It's all based on a connection with another human, right? Even if it, even if you're selling to a company, you're still selling to a human being on the other side. And I always say the, um, the real thing that you have to create for success, not just in the sale, But for the work to really be integrated is soulful connection. And I always decide or describe soulful connection as the difference between someone just like listening to you or just hearing you and actually understanding and integrating that work, which I'm sure like if you're a coach or if you're a healer or even if you're a consultant, that's really important. So there's a bunch of steps to soulful connection, but in its essence, it's about really creating trust and a relationship with another person. Um, You know, I've heard a lot in coaching people talk about creating this kind of um, like circle, right? Or um, container, right? And it's very, a very similar concept. It's creating an amount of trust. And you do that through, you know, displaying confidence and knowing what you're selling and being really knowledgeable, but also um, for the person that you're working with, they have to be open to learning. They have to be willing to do the work, right? So sometimes you have to screen out the people a little bit. And then it's really building this really firm trust um, and confidence and building on it, right? In the beginning, sometimes we don't always have that really solid trust with someone and we have to have a little bit of success um, to show them and then that trust builds. So it's something that builds over time, but in essence, it's really creating a very trusting relationship with someone. I love that. And like, I mean, I can see how that would apply to most any business. Uh, yeah. And even we were talking offline about course creation mm-hmm. and how that can feel really disconnected, you know, yeah. and how can you yeah. create a, a soulful connection through something that might be like, e-commerce, like they're buying a physical product or they're buying an online course. Like how can we really do that when we're talking to many people as opposed to one-on-one? Yeah. And that's a great question. And I'm sure you, uh, you know, we talked about it, but um, you know, the stats on, on people completing online courses is like slightly, you know, terrifying if you're a course creator, because most people, and it's, I think it's something like 90% or, you know, if you know the exact stat, I mean, I, I, I don't, seeing. I've heard like 85% of people mm-hmm. don't complete don't, it. Don't fully complete it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's very typical. Um, and it is hard if you're selling automated. I mean, I learned really through trial and error. My first courses, I always did um, completely live and I had live Zoom calls. Then I started to do it pre-recorded, and I noticed I really was missing you know, the connection with the people. And I noticed there was less engagement. And now I do a much more blended model. Um, but I think to your question about how do you create that if you're selling a retail product or an e-commerce product, or you're not talking to people. And I think it's really challenging, but I think so much comes to, you know, sharing your authenticity with people. And I would say the biggest key, honestly, is online video. Um, It's funny, for many years, my background, I sold um, advertising at big companies like Yahoo and AOL, and I sold video advertising. And we would tell people like, Sight, sound, and motion together 
there is nothing that's going to beat that. There's not like a display ad, a magazine ad. Um, it's never going to be the same because you can show the actual experience through video. And I can say even I, I've been able to like energetically like pick up on things just through watching a video, right? And everyone has. I think you, you no one can say I've never watched a YouTube video and, and like cried or been like emotional, right? Like there is a lot of power in video. So I think you have to make a really conscious effort to really, really connect with people, especially if they're like people who haven't been exposed to your work before um, and share about who you are, what you're about, like why you do what you do, all of those things. I think, um, you know, going the extra mile and that is super important. Yeah. And like showing different aspects of your personality, maybe even mm -hmm. something that you're afraid to show. Like for years, I was like this, you know, spiritual, spiritually in the closet, mm -hmm. you know, and it's so funny because so many people are very spiritual and it's like, why am I like, why am I afraid to show this side of me when it's like, yeah. it's like, there's so many people that feel the same way. And it's like, mm -hmm that's something that can attract your ideal customer to you. Absolutely. If you're a little more open about maybe aspects of your personality that you're trying to hide. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's such a great story because I had a similar experience. And then someone who I consider a really dear friend came to me and she was like, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. And it was like a spiritual thing. And I was like, oh my God, you think that I would not be open to hearing that? And I felt so bad. I was like, I talk about that stuff all the time. Well, and it's like the name of your company, even the soulful mm -hmm. selling method, right. uh, you mm -hmm. know, it, it would attract people who are spiritually open to you anyway. Right. But that, yeah, that's absolutely. been a struggle of mine actually, because it's like, I grew up like my, like even my ancestors, it's like, you don't talk about that. Like mm -hmm. you keep that business private. <laughs> right. Know? Right. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in New Jersey and I always tell these stories about growing up in New Jersey because I am more of an introvert and in New Jersey, people are very much like you say what you think and you're very direct about it. And there's no like beating around the bush. And if you don't say what you want, then your people are just like, okay, next, like we're moving on. <laughs> so yeah. as an introvert, that was like a really um, challenging place to grow up. But I will say I learned amazing lessons there um, from that experience. You know, like I, I wouldn't want to live there again now and I don't, <laughs> but, um, but it was, it was really a great training ground for me to understand, okay, I do need to be clear on what I want and ask for it. And that was actually made me feel really comfortable, like in a sales role. I think a lot of that was just growing up where I did. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because in, in, in some respects, like, like I don't have a problem being direct, but it's because of years of, um, like, oh, like we didn't want to hear your opinion or mm -hmm. like, you know, can you just, you know, be a little nicer, you know? And then you start <laughs> feeling like, oh crap, like I've got to change, you know, a little bit how I am, but it, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I feel like part of, let's talk about authenticity too, because a lot of people talk about, oh, you got to be authentic. Yeah. And, um, I actually had a guest on, I just released the episode drew Manning and he said he was in a mastermind and, and someone asked who in here is trying to be more authentic with their marketing and like the whole room raised their hand. And, and he's like, well, that's your problem because you don't try to be authentic. You just are. Mm, yeah. That's a good point. 
So I imagine this has a lot to do with what you teach people too, like connecting to people and that quiet selling method. Like, how do you, how do you feel you would describe authenticity and like, what are ways that people can start to open up a little bit more and get mm-hmm. a little more comfortable in their skin. Cause I would imagine that would help them to sell better, right? They'd be oh, a little absolutely. more charismatic and more themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think the reason why people, I think sometimes people think they're being authentic and they don't realize it's not authentic, but I think the key yeah, exactly. first is to really know yourself. And so often people haven't gone through any self-discovery um, and haven't really looked at like their own behaviors or their background and not even like bad things, but to look at all the good and bad, you know, things about us, which we all have. And also looking at our family history, you know, I think there's so much to be said for that. I did a storytelling workshop with someone one time and we went back generations and I was like, wow, this actually has really influenced the person that I am. And that was so interesting for self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And it helped me to be more authentic because I knew more about like why I was the way that I am. And I think that's super important. So I would say for anyone who's like a younger person, I know when I was in my 20s, I thought I knew everything. <laughs> but I think when you're at the point where you realize like there's so much you don't know, mm-hmm. um, then you're at the place where you can say, yeah, I know that I do know some things, but there's a lot more that I can learn. So I think self-discovery first is is a great place to go. And then I always ask questions um, to people. I'm like, well, what scares you the most? Like, what is, what's a thing that you never tell people that you're like scared to tell, or you're scared to share, or you're embarrassed of? Um, Cause I'm like, that's a start. Mm-hmm. And usually it's something like I have um, a very well-known coaching friend who never got her official coaching certification. And she's been on like the today show. And I'm like, no one care. Like she told me, you know, she thought it was such a big deal. And I was like, no one cares about that. <laughs> um, and she's like, and I'm like, you should tell people that. And, um, and I think she did, this was a long time ago. And for me, I know for, for many years, I was scared to tell people I was fired. That's why I eventually started my business. Cause I was like, I, I would have loved to have more planning in place and like have done it at the right time. But it was like, the universe kind of decided for me, like, you're fired. You're not going to do this anymore. Um, because it wasn't just once. It was like twice in nine months. So I was like, okay, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is clearly a sign. And I didn't used to share it. And once I did so, because I had never been fired ever. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is crazy. And once I shared that, I got so many people emailing me like, oh, the same thing happened to me. And it's like such a gift. And um, it was, I, I just got such validation from sharing it. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and it's, it's like, if anything we can learn from this whole 2020 experience, I'll just wrap it up in a nice little bow like that, a 2020 experience hindsight is 2020. It's that, you know, we're all going through something, you know, Mm -hmm. we are, you know, maybe not experiencing it in the exact same way, but we are all experiencing something and people are very open to hearing that you're not human, you know, that you are, that you are human. Sorry. (laughs) You're not perfect is what I meant to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and showing that human side. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's been one of the like kind of upsides of everything that's been going on right now is that people are kind of forced to check in. I remember, you know, 
when people used to just say, hey, how are you? And they didn't really listen to the answer. And sure. now people actually are like, are you okay? Like, how are, like, are things okay? Are you doing okay? And then people are actually listening. And that's a huge shift. Um, people did not do that. Even like friends and good friends would do that to each other. Um, so I feel like it's made us all more mindful. And even on, with business colleagues, um, people that I only know professionally, people are really want to connect and be like, hey, how are you? How's homeschooling going for you? Because we're like, yeah, no, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's, it's, I mean, that's been one of the upsides, I think, that people are connecting a little bit more and right. being more honest and not saying, oh yeah, everything's great. I'm working so hard, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say it's reciprocal, right? It's the, it's the mindless question, how are you? And then the mindless answer back, oh, I'm great. Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to, no, how are you really? How are you dealing with X, Y, Z? And then the answer that comes back, well, this is how it really is. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the the mindset of a successful salesperson and a little bit about mm -hmm. what quiet selling is. It's such an intriguing title. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I do talk a lot about this. And, and in terms of like the mindset, I think there's so many things that go into it. But if I were to sum it up in one thing, I would say the mindset of a successful salesperson expects success, right? They don't worry about it. They don't overthink it. They just expect that it's going to work out. Um, and I think that is such a simple but key like concept to like embody, right? You just assume things are going to work out. Um, instead of worrying all of the reasons. And I can tell you so many examples of things that I thought were not even possible, getting corporate sponsors, like things that um, I just didn't even think could happen, um, even like during like this pandemic that just happened like magically and easily. Oh, please like, do tell. Tell us. Okay, so I, <laughs> I will give an example. So after everything, I, I have a great um, relationship with a, with a fairly big company, but they've never like paid me for anything because that's like, they're a huge fortune 500 company and they feature people on their ads and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? I'm just like this whole like pandemic is happening. I want to get a corporate sponsor. I'd never really thought about it before. And usually this process, you know, and I know from experience would take months and months, like maybe six months. I know when I was trying to sell to Toyota, for example, it took me a year to just get a phone call back. And that was like sending materials every month. I mean, that is the job of a salesperson. And you kind of like work that into your flow. You know, like, hey, some really big clients are going to take a long time. I would say this one big company, start to finish, took three weeks to close, a huge like cash amount in my bank account. Not only did they not put me through their legal building, because they told me, they said, I don't want you to have to get approved by our like accounting uh, company. So I'm just going to pay you directly and get reimbursed. And um, do you need me to pay for your like PayPal fees? And I was like, seriously, <laughs> like they offered to pay. I'm like, okay, like I'm not going to turn that down. <laughs> so it was, I mean, I have never had that experience ever when I worked um, for big companies. And it was like, start to finish a three-week corporate sponsorship. And I was amazed. Um, and they paid all my, you know, my accounting fees or amazing. billing processing fees. So that was amazing. And, um, you know, but I, I think these kinds of things are possible if you believe, hey, anything is possible and I expect um, success. So, I mean, that 
is just one story, but I have so many more that um, that I could share just from me and from my clients of, of amazing things that happen. Yeah. Um, okay. So I want you to break down that expect success a little bit more because there's more to it than meets the eye, right? Totally. So yes, like one thing absolutely. off the top of my head and I want you to fill in the blanks. So I'll give you an example is like mm-hmm. detaching from outcomes. Yes. That is actually a huge one. You're so good. <laughs> So yes, um, I always say, you know, and another like story that just pops into my, my head is that there was a woman who worked for um, a nonprofit and they were about to go out of business and she needed like a million dollar plus check to keep the doors open. And she was really struggling. Um, it was really um, difficult. And she was telling this to a friend. And I I think she didn't mention the amount. And the friend was like, well, how much do you need? Because she, she, I mean, she was just confiding in her friend and uh, she told her the amount and the woman said like, I'll write you a check tomorrow. Um, And she's like, what? And she was like, you, you don't know anything about me. I actually have, like, I don't talk about it, but I have a lot of family wealth. I'd love to support you. Um, And it was done. And I say, that's a perfect example of not having expectations about someone or something or a situation because you have no idea, right? You have no idea what's possible. You have no idea if a client that you call who you think doesn't have any money or you create this perception in your head based on who knows, um, on whatever your beliefs are and you don't think that person can afford it or vice versa, you think, oh, it's a slam dunk. This person like, you know, totally has the money. I think it's a great fit. Um, and both of those are not like the right, (laughs) I would say Mm -hmm. like energy to move forward with, um, in conversations with people. So I always say like, don't have any expectation. Um, your only goal in a conversation with someone, especially a sales conversation is to provide value and to serve them. Um, however that looks to you. Um, and I think for a lot of people, that's maybe giving a little bit of consulting advice, being someone who listens, but I'm like, that is the only goal. Your goal isn't to like close the sale on the call. It is just to provide value and to serve. And when you come from that place, it changes, first of all, your energy and it changes the way that the phone call is run. Um, I know so many people who have this checklist, like this is how you do a sales call, right? You have to do this and you have to ask them this, and then you have to show proof and give testimonials. And then you have to ask the why, you know, it's like goes down the whole list and I've seen it and I've even, you know, given feedback on those, but I think those are like a huge crock of shit. Like I, I, I don't think those are useful at all. (laughs) Um, but I think you know, I would say if you could go to a conversation and say, hey, my goal here is really to provide value. How can I do that for this person? Yeah. Seeing sales as service, really. Yes. And even I feel like there's a there's a problem with the word closing a sale. Yes. And I actually always say, I, well, I, I say I never use that word, but I always point out I don't use that word. So, well, I, now you're pointing it out now, but yeah, tell, tell us what's. Yeah. Right? And I think that's, the, well, first of all, I think it's a terrible word because it is the exact opposite of closing, right? Like you are beginning the start of a relationship with someone, unless they're mm-hmm. a repeat customer. Um, so I say it's um, creating agreement, right? because it is an agreement to move forward. And I say that this is so, this is why selling and learning to sell mindfully is so important. You're setting the tone for the entire rest of your work together. So if you're an entrepreneur 
and you were hard sold and you felt like, you know, someone didn't listen to you when you were making, um, giving feedback on a call and then you get into the program, you're already coming with this feeling of, I wasn't listened to, I felt kind of steamrolled. I'm not a hundred percent on board with this. And that is not going to be good for you or like anyone else in the group or the person who's leading you. Um, it's not good for anyone. So, I mean, I would much rather see people have, like I say, it really should always be a win-win situation. If someone's not a hell yes, then they're a no. And that's fine because that's the kind of clients that I want. And that's the energy I want around my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what you bring up, it really is a two-way street, you know, with the mm-hmm. win-win. I mean, I think, I mean, I've had situations where I've been, you know, I'm in one-on-one consulting and um, I've had a few, you know, one-to-many programs as well, but like, I remember the people that are saying, well, can you work on the price a little, like, you know, can you give me a discount or something? Mm-hmm. And I mean, it depends on how they phrase it and what their energy or and their intention is behind it. Like some right. people are just out for a deal. Like they're those yeah. people. And then there's Absolutely. some people who are truly like, I really want to work with you. Can like, is there a payment plan? Is there some like, right. Like can, you know, so I mean, what would you say about that? Like, are there some telltale signs that, you know, maybe you shouldn't move forward with this deal if you're the salesperson? I'm not, I'm talking about if you are the salesperson or the market. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's a great um, example, like kind of picking up on the energy because there are some people who naturally like love to negotiate and that like makes Mm -hmm. them feel good. (laughs) Um, But then there's other people who ask a ton of questions, right? And And when they start getting into the nitty gritty, and I've had clients who do this, they're like, wait, so how many calls do I get per month again? And what is it like? Where do I log in? And how do I, you know, once they start getting into these questions, I'm like, first of all, I think everything um, is not exactly what people say it is, right? If people say the objection is price, it is not always price. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times it's just that it is not a, a priority for them, right? Because money represents our priorities. So, you know, I will ask people, and if someone gets into the details of me, or like, well, what about this? Or they start going back and forth with these questions, I can tell they're either talking themselves out of it, or they're just like in their head so much. So I always tell like, and I've had clients like this before, and I'll say, okay, like, here's the situation. (laughs) Like, I've answered all your questions. It does not matter if I'm doing like a 45 minute call, or like how many emails I answer. Like, that does not matter. If you think we're a good fit to work together, let's like move forward. But I need you to go to like a quiet place and check in and like not with your brain, but like with your heart and see if you feel like it's a good fit. If you do, awesome. If, if you don't, it's totally fine. I want you to find the person who you feel that way about um, and work with them because they're your client, you know, that's a person you're supposed to work with. Um, But I do see a lot of people. And sometimes, you know, to be honest, it's because someone had a bad experience. I did have one client like this, um, who she had had a lot of bad experiences with other coaches, I could just tell. Um, And so she was really skeptical. And even in the beginning, she was sending me a lot of emails, like really like, what about this? What about this? Um, Part of that was her personality type. And then part of it was um, that she just wanted to feel like safe and trusted. So I made sure I went like above and beyond working with her because I could tell she was a good fit. She just didn't feel completely safe based on past experiences. So, I mean, I think like you said, it's like picking up on the intention of what they're looking for, but also having frank conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will shy away from the money conversation. And I've had talked to people and said, 
like, look, if this is truly a financial hardship, this is not the right program for you. But if you're really debating between this and something else, like, let's talk about it. Like, what's your real concern? Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's so easy as a buyer to be like, oh, well, it's the price. Or like, I can't make that time. And they're just saying that to put up a wall because they don't want to talk about it. Um, so take the time and dig into it and say like, well, what's this really about? Like, let's talk about it. I love that. Cause there's, there's usually a question behind the question. Yeah, absolutely. There's exactly always. What you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's talk about intuition because a lot of these, these concepts that you're bringing up, I mean, it's really about tuning into that other person and like feeling what energy they're broadcasting or feeling yeah, like yeah, are they out for, you know, are they like a shark looking for a deal mm-hmm. or are they, you know, um, truly wanting to ask you something else? They just don't know what that question is. Like, like, right. how, like what's your philosophy on intuition and intuitive selling? Yeah. So my philosophy on intuition really is that it's all a hundred percent about trusting yourself, right? I'm like, if you believed every little thing that came into your head and every like thought, like not, you know, and, and you can tell where they come from, right? You can tell like the worrying thoughts, like, did I leave the stove on is like in a different place in your body than like, does this feel right to me? Right. But if you believed all of those things and they were all right, like, how would you manage your day? Um, and I really learned this from working with um, a woman who was like an intuitive coach and a psychic. And she was like, well, you know, like what if all that stuff you're hearing is like, is true. She's like, the only difference between like you and I is that I believe all of those. Um, and I was like, Oh, wow. Um, that's really interesting. So I do think, um, you have to be in a grounded space to hear your own intuition and to pick up on that. So it's really important you know what your own process is around that. For some people, it's meditating. For other people, it's being in nature. Like for me, I just need total quiet. I can't have like music or like, you know, stuff going on in the background. I just need it to be really quiet. And then I feel like I can connect. But yeah, I think um, I think that is su- it's just so important to trust yourself. And um, I talk about this in uh, the corporate world all the time. It's about trusting your gut, right? Um, salespeople have been talking about this for like since the beginning of time, right? And it's about trusting your gut and why that's so important because all like sales, especially in big companies, is all about the numbers and the projections, and they definitely tell a story. But if you have a gut feeling something's off. It is absolutely because your gut is really your subconscious, right? And your subconscious, Mm -hmm. I would say, is your intuition. Mm -hmm. And it's, I always say, your subconscious is this massive supercomputer that's processing all this information that your subconscious or that your conscious mind cannot process. All of this stuff from all of your history, from everything you've seen and heard and smelled, and everything is coming together. And that's a very valid um, information source. So, like, why wouldn't you listen to that? Exactly. Yeah. I think it's too about your intention. So if you believe, you know, if you believe in yourself and you can believe Mm -hmm. that you will get the answer a hundred percent, you know, and then you have that intention, whatever, however it looks for you, like going on a walk or like you said, you know, sitting, you know, praying, meditating, whatever your thing is. Um, it's that intention that you go into it with is like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. uh, If you're seeking a specific answer also being open to what it could look like and, and just kind of like detaching your mind from 
forcing something to come out of it or analyzing mm-hmm. something like you really have to take your mind out of it almost. It, it That's so true. Yeah. And especially some people are much more of thinkers than others. Right. And they're like always in their head. And um, I always tell for those people, like figure out the way that you cannot be in your head, whether that's, you have to go on like a really hard run or like be in nature. Um, but the other thing that I would say is super important. And especially for women is to have something. And I used to call it, God, what do I call it? And I'm trying to remember like a love journal um, that's full of all your testimonials. I do this claim your confidence mm-hmm. challenge and the entire time during the challenge, they're building up things. Oh, I call it a love book. That's what it is. Um, mm-hmm. I build up all of these things so they can create this book at the end so they can keep it on their desk or wherever they go for when they sell. Because I think it's human nature that we just remember all the things where we've made mistakes or we've done something wrong. And we forget all of the amazing progress we made. And like the client who tells us that like, we changed their life or that it was so impactful or that it didn't just help them, it helped their whole family, right? We forget these amazing stories. And I think it's so important to remember those and have something, especially if you're selling on a regular basis or anyone really doing business, that you have something that reminds you of that, um, you know, and you print it out and you can like look at it. So if you are feeling nervous before a phone call with someone or even like, before you're coaching a group, you look at that and you're like, no, this is like, this is who I am. This is what other people said. This is evidence Mm -hmm. (laughs) that what I do is really impactful and like really, um, really helpful and meaningful. I love that. I'm going to do that. Like I have a testimonial page, right? Like Mm -hmm. pretty pretty much everyone does, but yeah, I don't look at it that often. Right. Yeah, I know we get them and we're like, oh my God, that's so amazing. And then we like forget, we put it on our website and it's like, we don't even look at it again. Yeah. Yeah. And it's true. Like we're hardwired to remember the negative, you know? Yeah. And it's just like an evolutionary thing. So I'm like, make sure you remind yourself because there's like, there's evidence (laughs) and like, you are actually super amazing. That's amazing. I love that. So I'm super curious. So you know, there's some salespeople that can be pretty arrogant, you know, mm-hmm, salespeople, you're talking about being confident, which is totally different. How does like, how does humility come in? Oh, that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, my definition of confidence, I think, well, I think confidence is diff- different for everyone, mm-hmm. right? Some people do think of being confident as being very arrogant or very sure of yourself. And I think usually like someone who's pretty intuitive will pick up that that's a mask, right? People Mm -hmm. who act like that are actually not confident and they're doing that because they're trying to become or feel more confident and they think that's the way that they do it. Um, I would describe confidence as more of like um, being humble and like just feeling really um, grounded and calm. And I'm trying to think of the word now because I think of like the wise grandmother, right? And I think a lot of people know, like, if it's not your grandmother, a wise grandmother. That's what I always picture when I think of confidence, because I think this is a person who is not going to like, you know, create a big fight or try to make a big argument. They just have this knowing, right? And they are very confident and they have this energy that emanates like calmness and knowing and confidence, but it's very quiet. And I think that to me is the version of confidence that I feel like is very authentic because if you are confident, you don't have to convince someone of something. You don't have to like make an argument. Uh, you don't have to debate. It's just, it's a, it's a knowing. 
Um, and I think that like, if you can strive for that kind of confidence, which is always on a scale, right? We're always fluctuating in our confidence levels. Like, and there's so many factors that go into it, whether it's the person that we're speaking to or our situation or the day we're having, there's so many factors. Um, and so I think it's important to recognize that as well, that it's something that's like never a hundred percent or zero percent. We're always working on it and getting better, but, um, like to have that quiet confidence is just to have that like inner knowing. I love that. I love that. So, um, I mean, this probably goes into your whole quiet selling method too, right? So yeah. tell, tell me why you created that. Like, what was the epiphany you had? Yes, I remember the exact epiphany. <laughs> so I used to teach, so I worked in sales for many, many years at big companies and startups because um, I work in the San Francisco area. And, um, and so I knew I wanted to create this online program to teach selling because I had met all of these um, coaches. I went to a coaching convention for life coaches and I was, cause I thought maybe I wanted to do that um, as a career change after I got fired. But <laughs> I went there and realized like, you know what? Like I, these people are meant to be coaches, but that I just knew I was like, it's something like that, but not, this is not it. And then I would talk to them and I could see there was so much um, resistance around asking for money, around even talking about selling. They wouldn't even use the word sales. They would call it an enrollment, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. Um, and I was like, wow, I could really help these people. And these people are all doing what they're meant to be doing. Um, so I had a really big epiphany then. But I started out just um, pitching kind of services to women. And um, it was okay, but I could just feel that it wasn't really landing for some reason. And, and I couldn't figure it out, out why. And I was at this big um, marketing conference and I kept hearing this word introvert like pop up, like someone next to me was saying it. The guy on stage was like, I'm an introvert. And I'm like, wait, I'm an introvert. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I realized that my entire experience working in corporate America, the thing that was different and the biggest challenge for me was not being a woman, it was being an introvert. And I was like, oh, what if <laughs> I sold, um, you know, and talked about selling for introverts and I did like some simple lead magnet on Facebook and it was like hundreds and hundreds of comments. Then I wrote an article on LinkedIn about why um, introverts are the best salespeople. And it was like, a hundred thousand like people viewed it in like a, a few weeks. It was, it went crazy. And I'm like, okay, I think I might be onto something here. <laughs> so, um, I originally de developed it for introverts, but I realized that first of all, not everyone who is an introvert even, um, identifies as an introvert, which is fine. Um, people have different interpretations of that word, but also there are so many people, even if you're not an introvert, who sell to introverts, right? Because we are a pretty big part of the population mm -hmm. and it's really useful to know. So I thought, let me just take kind of how I've adapted my sales method, like as an introvert, and I'm going to explain how I do it um, because I think it applies to everyone and like, even if you are an extrovert, it's going to work great for you. Um, so that was kind of like the, the original like idea behind it and why I created it. Because I went in the bookstores and I, I have been to many, many, many sales trainings. And I never saw anyone who didn't just talk about like, here's the four steps of the sales funnel. Here's how you negotiate. Like no one talked about how do you deal with when you're, you got rejected like 10 times in a row? What do you do when you're having a bad day? 
what do you do when you're like crying because you think you're not going to meet your goal and you're not going to get any new clients? Like, how do you deal with that? Even calling someone you, when you're having such a bad day, like no one talks about any of that. Um, so that was really my goal was to kind of fill that gap too. I love that. So, um, do you want to go into any of that? Any, like any more into depth on the quiet selling or we can wrap up too. We're like pretty much at time. So, yeah, I mean, I can, I can go into it a a little bit. I mean, at at a very high level. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. So I really look at the sales funnel and a lot of people, um, really like break it into all these steps, but I just have this philosophy that everything can and is simple. So I just teach the basics. So you could say that I'm teaching sales one oh one, but I really think that's all you need. Um, I've seen a lot of sales books where they're about negotiation or spin selling or some kind of method. And um, it's a lot of like, I feel like stuff that's obvious and that's just one part of the sales funnel. So I call it the abundance funnel. And there's really just four steps. So it's number one, creating um, awareness, right? And just building awareness amongst, um, you know, like the people who you want to buy. So there's a lot that goes into it. And I explain that. Um, and it, but it's knowing like who your people are and, you know, knowing who your people are not and finding that like sweet spot. And then it's about creating interest and intrigue. And I think that is especially important in today's world because, there's so much information on the internet. You can be interesting, but you have to have something intriguing, right? Something that's going to catch someone's eye, right? Like quiet and selling don't usually go together in the same sentence. So people are just curious, like, what is that? Um, you know, and so that's, I think, really important. And then, you know, you do need to make an offer. So I always say, like, you have to know what your offer is, has an offer created and then offer it to people. Um, so often as entrepreneurs or like new entrepreneurs, um, people are just not making enough offers. They're just like, they're making maybe one or two offers a week when they should be making like a hundred or at least 20 if they want to get any kind of traction. So we talk about making an offer. And then the last step is, um, you know, creating that mutual agreement where it's a, where it's a win-win. Um, and, making sure that there's a process for, you know, integrating them as a client. Because when I've been in many experiences where I've been sold something and then I felt like I was dropped, right? And like mm. nothing else happened or I was passed off and then the energy shifted. And then it was all about like, oh, well, we sold you. Now we're not going to give you any more attention um, and talk to you. And so I, I think that, and, and I don't even think that that's always intentional, to be honest. I think often that is very bad planning. Um, so my goal of explaining kind of the abundance funnel is just to have people understand the, like the basics and have realistic expectations. Most people cannot be closed on one phone call. They cannot be like sold from a Facebook ad directly to a high-end program. Um, if they are, it's because there is so much work that is done in the background, right? So people who are teaching this method, I feel are, are really doing a disservice because they're not setting realistic expectations for people. Can you do it? Yes. But there is a lot more that goes into it than just putting up a Facebook ad and getting someone on the phone, right? There are like a hundred other steps that if, if somebody is doing that successfully, that they, I hope that they're sharing. Um, and then there's the entire process of bringing someone on as a client. So that's kind of the essence of the of the quiet selling method at a very high level. I love it. That's amazing. So how can people learn more about you? And then after you tell us that, how about you end with your final nugget of wisdom? Oh, okay. Perfect. Um, so people can find me at christinevolden.com. Volden, uh, rhymes with golden. (laughs) 
So it's uh, Chris Gameth, C.H. Uh, Volden, and you can find a ton of information on there um, and some free resources and webinars and videos. Um, and then all of my social media is at Soulful Selling. So it's just S-O-U-L-F-U-L Selling, and that's Facebook, Instagram, everything. And a final nugget of wisdom, I would say um, just to realize that your intuition is never wrong. Never. It is 100% right every single time. So if you can use that as your guide post and like tune into that, you are in like great shape. I hope you loved today's episode. And if you did, please subscribe and leave a like, comment, and or review. Every interaction, whether on YouTube or your favorite podcast platform, helps this podcast to reach more people like you. Thank you for tuning in to the Higher Genius Podcast.